Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Hey, good morning. This is Sean and Steve. We are live. Uh, well, not so live, but we are um Alive <clears throat> this morning, coming to you directly <clears throat> from Pennsylvania and Texas, sharing uh, our conversation with you. And uh, obviously, we've already begun talking about this and that and various other things and <clears throat> God's provision in our life and whatever else and just sharing hearts with each other. So welcome to our conversation and uh, let's kick it off, Steve. Um, to involve everybody else in whatever's happening. Anything on your heart today? Well, I know the thing that we were talking about was the seasons and not to really despise the seasons of the Lord in our lives because um, just because we're moving into another season of some kind, it doesn't mean we failed or we're, we're um, supposed to change the vision or anything else necessarily. Yeah, it's just learning to adapt and to roll on with whatever it is that the season is. It doesn't mean I used to call it the Doris Day School of Theology. You know, she used to sing a song, "Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Yeah. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera." Anyway, she didn't sing it that low, but anyway, <laughs> the uh, the thing about about that Doris Day School of Theology is, oh, whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see anyway. So, you know, who cares? That's yeah. the thing. That isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about acknowledging the seasons of God in your life and just going, okay, that season is kind of like coming. It's not necessarily coming to an end. It's just another season is opening up. Right. So let's go through that season. Um, it reminded me a lot of, as soon as I woke up this morning, I got a, I just got a little phrase. Yeah. One thing is needful. Yeah. And that was in uh, Luke 10, uh, 38 through 42. It's talking about Martha and Mary. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus was coming into Martha and Mary's house. Well, it says that uh, Martha welcomed her in or welcomed him in. And Mary welcomed him in, which is kind of interesting. They both welcomed him, but there's two different welcomes there. <laughs> the one, Martha, means to welcome as under. Right. So you welcome the person under your roof or under your house or under. The other one with Mary was she just welcomed him with, with him being with him being over or having input into her life. Yes. And there's a big difference there because it says that uh, Jesus finally turned to Martha and said, Martha, you're, you're careful and troubled about many things. Um, it's interesting. The word troubled there is the word turbazo is the word we get turbid from. You know, it's just, it means you just stirring everything up as fast as you can turn it and it muddies up everything. It muddies up the water. Yeah. And, um, uh, but he said, one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that. So it doesn't matter what else is going on in life. It doesn't matter what else is happening. If we can stay in that place of peace and rest of sitting at his feet 
uh, whether it be first thing or at least find some time to sit at his feet. Well, actually, don't leave. <laughs> sit yeah. at his feet. And uh, from there, you're going to find the life. From there, everything else is going to bloom and blossom because you're, you're engrafted then into the vine of life at that point rather than always trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do or trying to stir things up again. So anyway, it was just kind of interesting that I, uh, when I woke up this morning, um, he, he just, uh, that was just kind of on my mind really quickly. You know, just one thing is needful and that's it, plain and simple. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, um, I was thinking of, while you were talking, I was, I was thinking of this scripture from Ecclesiastes 3 and uh, verse 1, it says, There is a time for everything and a season oh, yeah. for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And um, Wow, we got a lot of time. There's like. a lot of times <laughs> in our life. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, And then it goes on to verse 11. He says, he has made everything beautiful in its time and has oh, all this yeah. in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. And, right. uh, you know, that's the thing is we have eternity in our hearts. We have eternity in our hearts, whether we live or die um, for eternity. We, um, we have eternity in our hearts, but there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And I, I absolutely agree with you. I think sometimes, you know, what used to bother me is like guys would get up and preach and say, you know, the God spoke to me about this place. And, and uh, it's just like, when I went there, everything happened. I'm thinking, that's never like happened to me. You know, it's just like, you know, is uh, God deals with me in seasons. He processes things in my life and begins an idea begins to sort of percolate and he begins to work that idea through. And I, I begin to research it and, and meditate on it, and I begin to prepare, in a sense, for that. What you know, and I'm I'm they're not always sure where it's all going, but I know that it's going somewhere in that direction. So I begin to prepare myself in that area, <clears throat> and yeah. So um, you know, you just have, and I think that's where where we need to understand as leaders or as ministers is that. On a practical level, um, there's going to be times that you go to work. There's a season, you know. You may have to, you may have to step out of, uh, not away from. And that's, I think, you know. Anyway, is this a? There is another problem. Is like we always think that if we're not full time at something, we're not doing it. Right. Right. You know, so when I stepped out of full-time pastoring, it's like, what, are you out the ministry now? It's like, right. Oh, everything in the kingdom is ministry. It's right. Sometimes God uses you in different seasons and, and for 
you know, That's for right. a different assignment, you know, is we've got to be open to the assignments of God. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm great. And of course, the other side of that is how people can be, make excuses, you know, so I don't do this because it's not my season, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? We've got always these extremes. Why can't we just be balanced in the whole thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's really, it's just really crazy. You know, it's just like, you know, one guy will, <clears throat> I, I, in the in the group the other day, I put, I put out, um, one guy put out and he said, we, we, we need to encourage one another. He put a post, you know, somebody put a post. And so I wrote, yes, you know, Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. And I said, like, we've got to be sons of encouragement, you know, just like encourage people, uh, you know, just like Barnabas. Not, right. not, not to be a son of Barnabas or, or a son. Right, right. It's like being a, a son that encourages, whatever. I mean, I didn't, it was, it was just like an in, a reference to to the character and the nature of Barnabas who encouraged everybody, you know? And uh, right. so somebody popped up and said, well, I'm neither. I am a son of God, you know? And so what? <laughs> and I said, um, yeah. I missed the point, you know? And he goes, no, he comes back. No, I didn't miss the point. You've got to find your identity in, you know? I said, oh, goodness me, you know, it's just like... If you spend any amount of time at all in the group, you'll understand that that is like the foundation of what I work with. You know, it's just uh, right. is your sonship. So you know, but we 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 can go extreme on everything. You know, it's just like it becomes not doctrine anymore; it becomes dogma. It's, right. We begin to beat people over the head with with anyway. That's like on another rabbit trail, but is we beat people over the head for for our point of view, you know, and we right. know wisdom. And that's when I talk about balance, I'm not talking about compromise. I'm talking about wisdom, just wisdom, right. wisdom to approach things properly. And um, so that you influence and not impose. That's really right. the bottom line. But anyway, your, your point taken on, on, on seasons. Absolutely. I agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, like you said, a lot of times when I stepped out of um, being a pastor, quote unquote, full time, um, I noticed that the my value changed in certain people's eyes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I was no longer a pastor that had a church. Uh, so it didn't matter how I ministered or how I ministered life or what I did or who I was. Yeah. It was the fact that I no longer had that position or that title. Right. And, and you have uh, the ministry. Just, right. Right. Yeah. And so it was really a, an eye opener to me. Yeah. And um, realizing that no longer did I have that, I guess it would be status. Yeah, it is. And, and so, to to realize that um, you know as a son of God you you are who you are wherever you are I mean that's just you know um, I'm gonna be whoever I am wherever I am I mean that's because I was sent to be that I'm not sent to just be a pastor or whatever I'm not going to administrate this church you know for for whatever I I'm sent here to do a work for the kingdom of God. 
And as a son of God, I can be used as any tool that he decides in his toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. At any point in time, uh, at certain times I've been a saw, yeah. you know, where, where he pulled me out and yeah, I was cutting things down and, and there was a bunch of stuff that need to be cut down. But, uh, when time came to build and plant, he used me again to build and plant in that same person's life. And that's where um, it's kind of tough whenever you're working with groups of people because you've got so many, there's a time and a season for that group, but there's also a time and a season for each individual that they're going through. Yeah. And it's not the same. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's where it's fun to find out how Christ is working in each individual's life and help build that temple. You're not building an organization. You're building that temple of the living God. So what is it that per, what's the season that's in that person's life right now? What do they need? Yeah. And that goes back to that, um, that one that you, you like so much. Uh, Peter, do you love me? You know, lovest thou me? Well, I'll feed my sheep. Okay. Put point made on my sheep. In other words, find what do they need nutritionally? Find the pasture or the, the food that they need to fulfill that. Okay. Okay. I can do that. I can find the pasture that they need. It doesn't just mean feed them random stuff. It means find out nutritionally what they need and, and help get them to that pasture. The, the next thing he says is feed my lambs. And that's a different word. That's Bosco, my lambs, which means find them the place where they fit, the place where they can fit in and grow the place where they can be nurtured. So it's a different thing with, with the lambs. You're finding, you're finding a place where they fit and can grow mm. and not just food. Yeah. So, I mean, food is, is part of that, but it's, it's, it's finding that place. And so you, you think about, you think about the different seasons and the different things even Christ told, uh, told Peter to do at that point, you know, feed my sheep. Well, feed my lambs also. So, uh, were those different seasons? No, but those folks are in different seasons of their lives. And you got to, we need to find out which ones are which so that we're able to help them, help them into their place and help them get what they need. Right. So. <clears throat> yeah, that's, you know, that, that little passage there really speaks to me about, about engaging, you know, it's like. Right. One of the right. That I, I help leaders with is how to engage, how to engage their team. And, and the, the first place it starts is getting to know each individual because right. people are individuals, you know, and, and, um, um, but oftentimes they don't take time. I, I just think of, you know, I was part of a ministry growing fast. We went from 12, 15 people to, um, over 2000 people within like two years, you know, two and a half. Wow. Years. And that it is was pretty fast. Yeah. It was fast and built a building. And, um, and there was something in my life that was actually a massive hindrance, um, to me connecting with people, especially with adults, with leadership and things like that. Something that had happened when I was a child, you know, and I, I had buried the thing deeply, but it, it affected how, and right. you know, I loved, I loved what we were doing. I loved, 
I love the pastor with all my heart. You know, I did anything for him. I would do anything for him. And, uh, and it was like abuse nearly because it was taken for granted. And, and I was rejected because I would stammer and stutter and, and I wasn't, right. you know, I could work, but, and then, and that was good. But when it came to connecting, there was no relationship. You know, he would choose mm. other people for the relate for relationship and not me. And, um, right. but he never took time to engage me to find out because if there was anybody I would have shared with what had happened, transpired in my life that I buried very deep in my life, he would right. be the one, but he didn't take the time to find it, you know? Right. So I was at, at that sort of communication level with him. And it took, it took years later in a different kind of setting for it to come out and, and for me to be healed of that thing, you know? But it's, it's just, I was just, you know, going back to my own and the Lord took me back to that and just said, look how important it is to, to engage those, your team, to engage those around you at a level right. where you, what you're saying is, is, um, you know, is poimeno is that if there's a, I don't want to say strategy, but there's a strategy to actually connect, oh, there is. getting there to is. know them, you know, where you on purposefully are listening, you purposefully engaging them, hearing what they're about, where they're coming from. You know, not all people eat the same. That's, that's the thing is, right. and not all people eat the same thing or need the same thing. So, you know, right. One sheep, sheep will need, sometimes they'll need grass, but other times they'll need like the mountain grass or the, or right. the bush up there or the field or whatever the story is. And that's what a shepherd used to do is take them to what they needed at the right time. And so, right. um, yeah, we, we have to be aware of that. You know, uh, we have to be aware of that. Good point. Yeah. Because there's a, like you said, that each person is going through something different at that time. Yeah. And if we're not aware of what they need or what their nutrition is, I can give you a piece of my mind. Yeah. Which means I can share you, share with you everything I know. Or, okay, let's do a series on, I don't know. Let's do a series on seasons. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I started this season on, I mean, this, this whole series on seasons. It doesn't feed, but maybe one or two of the whole group. Yeah. You know, so there is a lot to finding out what each person needs Absolutely. and helping to helping them get the food that they need during that time and that season in their life. Because yeah. everybody, even though that, even though there's a time and a season for even every group, because as a flock, we're going through a season. But yet Christ somehow is able to take us in that season as a flock and individualize it just for us right. and what it is that we need uh, to be fed and what is it we need for our growth. Right. And, uh, but that's a personal, and it goes once again back to that one thing is needful. You know, it's that personal relationship with the shepherd that keeps that keeps that intimacy of knowing what what I need or what the fulfillment is in that whole thing. So, and Christ isn't always looking at what I need. I'm well, he probably is, but because um, he's very much aware of us. But uh, but it's also me knowing the shepherd and having that trust and having that just that relaxing knowing that he's taking care of everything in every season. 
in every season. That's right. Yeah, he's Lord of the seasons, you know. And uh, right. I think if we if we recognize the principle that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. So there is a season. You know, there's times. It's like even in business leadership, there will be there's times that you really need to engage your team at another level. So you've got to begin to take time to build into your team, build a, a build the team, build the connection, build the expectations within each member, get to know them because everything is, is made up of people, you know? So, right. And Jesus was very aware of that. If I look at him as a leader, he, he connected with each person individually at the right time and right. highlighted their weaknesses and their strengths, you know, and uh, he was really, really good at that. And we need to be sensitive to the times and seasons, not only for our life, but for others as well, not to control yeah. the seasons. You know, we, we had that sort of uh, teaching from Galatians where um, certain uh, so-called spiritual fathers would, would um, impose on people their season and say, you know, the times and the seasons are determined by me. I'm your spiritual father. Well, right. it's, that's not what it says. You know, it's your sonship, your, your manifestation of sonship is dependent on me. Uh, and, mm. you know, it's like um, the seal of sonship is dependent on me. It's not dependent on any human, uh, you know, no. get that like straight, straight away is that every spiritual father represents a, the heavenly father, not himself. And so the right. Heavenly Father determines the times and seasons in your life. And, uh, and Galatians 3 has got no reference actually to our season. It's talking about the season of Jesus. So right. um, the times were in His hands uh, to the Father. But in the same vein, our t times and seasons are, are, are um, in the Father's hands as well. So as sons, right. He will determine our season um, for us, where we are, when we are, and what we're doing at that point in time. You know, there's a time and a season, time for everything, and a season for every activity under heaven. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when, when I first went to this certain uh, town in the middle of Washington State, I felt like my job there was to go up into the mountains uh, and pray over the valley every day. I didn't realize the impact that that had on my daughter um, told me here just about a couple weeks ago and she's in her mid thirties now or late or, or later thirties. Uh, she's crossed over the hump of 35. So she's now on the other side, you know, starting to go the, the other side toward 40. Um, and she just said that dad, one thing that really always um, gave me a lot of comfort is I knew you were up in the mountain praying over us and over this valley hmm. and and it brought me a lot even as a little kid it brought me a lot of security it brought me a lot of i just felt safe and see i never knew that i never knew the impact that had on her as a little kid but yet that time and that season um wasn't very long it was only a few months until um uh, my wife and I had both just basically prayed and said, Father, if you, if you want me to have a job, I mean, I'm more than happy to work. I just, you know, need a job. And, and um, uh, like I told you before we turned on the record button, I was just walking through a grocery or in the parking lot of a grocery store 
And like I said, it must have looked like a homeless guy because this guy stopped me, you know, in the pickup. Hey, do you need a job? Uh, well, sure. And it happened to be a, a nurseryman, which is what I had been trained up to do working with, working with plants and working with um, um, just landscaping and all that sort of stuff. And so um, ultimately I ended up kind of like a, one of the managers of the, of the nursery. But it was just kind of interesting how the seasons of God, yeah, that season was important, but also, too, it was a time and a season where now I've set you aside. You've been alone with me for a season of time. Now I need you to get back in contact with people. And I begin to have a relationship with people in the town. Yeah. Before that time, I didn't. And so I was alone. And now all of a sudden I was thrust into right into the middle of the public and dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis and, and helping them find things and, and helping them learn which, what grew best in the area. So see, once again, that which is first is natural. After that, that which is, I was doing naturally what I do spiritually anyway, which is finding out what grows where and how to grow it and, and, and helping it grow, pruning all the trees back there in the back, uh, transplanting them if I needed to, amending the soils. You know, I mean, I did all that. Yeah. But that's exactly what I was to do spiritually, too, with the people, is to help them find their place, help them find where they're planted, help set them into that place, and get them the nutrients they need to grow. Right. So it's just really interesting to me how, how the Lord does that to me, in my life, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So... No, absolutely. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's just, that's what I'm saying is like, I've been, over the years, I've seen how God processes things in my life rather than, you know, we all, we all tend to want like this word, you know, and, uh, right. you know, like out of heaven and suddenly it's all, and we, we need to understand how God deals with us. And, right. uh, and so, you know, in how he w deals with you and how he deals with me is two different things. That, that's where the danger is of all these books, Christian books, because every guy right. has had an experience or a woman has had an experience with God, puts it in the book, and we're all trying to copy what's happened in the book, you know, and right. we need to really discover as sons of God, we need to discover how our father deals with our life. Because he, like you said, he knows us and um, he knows, he knows our boss going up on I know he knows what we need. And so, he begins to deal with us accordingly. And I love what one guy um, that I interviewed from Nigeria said. He said, um, God gives you a vision, but it doesn't come to pass until you develop into the place that you can actually live that vision. So is like God will develop you, uh, and, you and, and he puts pressure on you, excuse me, to right. yourself so that you can fit in and handle that vision. I, I heard somebody else say this, uh, that, you know, we pray and pray and pray for stuff. We've got this vision and we're praying and praying and praying. And he says, prayer is not what brings the stuff. It management does. It's like, oh. God will only give you what you can steward. He'll only give you what you man can manage. And as many times right. do is, so he was, he was like preaching in, um, in Africa. And he said, he said to the guys there, he said, you know, is that in, in, um, 
in ministry, he said, well, what, we, what we need is, um, is, they asked him, what is the most important thing you can learn in going into ministry? And he said, management. <laughs> he said, most ah. guys don't know how to manage what they've got, you know, manage resources, manage people, manage, right. uh, manage themselves, manage the times and the seasons. So it's stewardship. And, uh, you know, so we've, we've got to understand there's a, there's a, there's a season of preparation. There's a season of, of growing and developing just like any plant before it can harvest. And then when you've harvested, it has a, is a season of pruning and right. Right. You've got to cut it back and, and, um, and start again, you know, so you've got to go through this process of, of understanding seasons. So, right. Well, it's interesting. That guy said that, that he said, because over there in Isaiah nine, that's what I was looking for. It says the Lord sent a word unto Jacob, but it hath lighted upon Israel. Oh, okay. Um, if he sends a word unto you, he still sends it to you while you're yet Jacob, yeah. while you're yet a supplanter and deceiver. You're going to run out and try to accomplish that on your own. You're going to try to get your own inheritance. And he already knows that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the word still comes to you. The promise still comes to you when you are Jacob, when you are that Jacob. Right. It's after he became, Jacob became Israel, then he became the promise yeah. that was sent. Right. So it wasn't like I'm trying to inherit the promise. I become that promise. Right. It's just I'm living word now. It's it's manifested through me, not not just to me. Yeah. So now I'm living that very promise. Uh, it says, uh, Jacob, have I have I created? Israel, have I formed? There is a formation process in becoming Israel that it takes before before we begin to be that inheritance. Right. right. So anyway, it's just, it's just an interest. And that's the times and seasons once again, exactly. even though it was sent to me, even though I got this word, even though I, the prophecy came to me, I'm still, I'm still Jacob, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to run out and try to get it in 15 different ways until finally uh, I wrestle with the angel and come into that place of rest. And he says, now are you a prince of God? Now are you Israel? And um, then then you become that promise and you're sent. Yeah. So. The thing is, we, we've got such an instant gratification mindset. You know, we think that God operates on a sense of urgency. He does not. You know, he does right. not operate on a sense of critical urgency. He operates in times and seasons. And you think about, you know, when I, I remember um, Noah, Noah had to prepare an ark for 150 years or 120 years or something. You know, we, we don't understand that kind of, of preparation time. <laughs> 120 years, man, we're going, I'm going to be dead, you know. And I, I mean, I'm there too. You know, I'm turning 60 this year and I'm thinking, geez, you know, it's like five years time, I'm 65 and so Jesse says to me yesterday, Dave, you're still young, you know, it's like, but, but we've got this mindset of this limited kind of mentality right. And, right. and our limitation in fact becomes a hindrance to us because now we're trying to get things done in a critical sense, but God deals in seasons and times. And so we need to be aware of that. And, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, his greatest 
impact to the world and as his ministry started when he was 80. When he was 80 years old, he began Isn't to that crazy? the world and, yeah. and make an impact, you know. Jesus took 30 years before he actually stepped into what he was supposed to do for three years. You know, and I always say it's like Jesus took 30 years for three, three years impact. We want three years preparation for 30 years impact. You know, we wonder why it's not yeah. working, you know, it's just... We have to. Well, Paul. Paul even went through that. Paul. Exactly. Paul was out there. He he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He went on the back. I mean, he argued daily in the temple, and that's what we end up doing at the very first. We right. argue with everybody. We just debate everything. Yeah. 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 And so anyway, he goes on the backside of the wilderness. Some say seven years. Some say three. It doesn't matter at this point. The fact is, he went back there, and when he came back. He said, I don't come to you anymore with enticing words of men's wisdom. And uh, the, the word entice, of course, we've talked about this before, means to try to convince. I'm yeah. not trying to convince you of anything, but I come to you now in demonstration of the spirit and power. Right. I'm going to show you it because I've become that now. That's who I am. Yes. So are we out of time? Oh, okay. All right. High five. <laughs> <laughs> but... There is that there is that time where even Paul had to go, um, you know, into the backside of the wilderness for a season of time, right? To where there was something that needed to get worked out of him, or worked into him. It doesn't matter which way it is, worked out, worked in. You know, who cares? The fact is, is that you become, you become Israel at that point. You become what God, so that you now become the inheritance you become his inheritance you become the promise to the people not not just have a promise so and that's the key to me is realizing that i am the promise sent i mean i i don't mean to say i'm christ but yet it's christ in me the hope of glory if that's worked so much in me the the people aren't looking for me they're looking for christ anyway but I keep looking for this big sign or this big, and he says, you are created for signs and wonders. You are, you know, pointing to us. And it just amazes me that we are his, we are his inheritance. That's who we are. And so to, to realize that there's a time and a season for us, even, even diamonds, you know, you just look in the natural diamonds, how are diamonds formed? Well, it's formed under pressure. You know, whenever you get the gold and the silver refined, it's under heat. And the longer you cook it, you know, the more the stuff comes out. So until finally it's purified, it's purified by fire. So you go, okay, well, the time and the season I may be going through right now is refinement, is whatever. And not to despise it, not to, not to say, oh, well, this was promised to me. Well, yeah, of course it is. But you are the promise. I mean, you are going to be sent. You, you are going to be showing that and demonstrating that, like Paul says. I'm not here to try to convince you with my words. I'm going to show it to you. Exactly. So. Yeah, we've got to be discerning not only of the times and seasons in our life, but the times and seasons of the Father in those that we're leading. You know, so. That's true. That is, you know, what is, how is God leading them? Uh, where has God got them at this point in time? And work with that. Don't impose. Right. Your right, right. Of seasons on people's lives, right. Uh, and I think that is that is critical because uh, I'm probably you know you as well. But I, I've had so many men trying to pose on me 
and not be discerning. A father, a true father, a real father will discern in his children's lives what is important at the right time and and uh, and work with that you know so i for me it was in my sons i always watched you know at what point and it sometimes it became a critical point that to go you know i need to back off now it's enough of that season you know is that the the child season or the baby season or the you know, the, the young adult season has ended. The technon is, and now I've got to release them to the maturity. And I had to encourage my wife and encourage their mother and encourage people around them to say, hey, this is their time now for this. Right. And we've got to adapt. We've got to adapt accordingly. We're constantly trying to get force people to adapt to us, and we are running out of time. Um, we, we're constantly trying to get people to adapt to us instead of us adapting to their season and work. Right. How we work with them is based upon where they're at at that season of their life. And That's we've cool. got to be aware. We've got to be discerning. We've got to be wise in that. Um, I think one of the biggest things we need in this time is to be, oh, Heaven help me, but we need to be sons, like sons of Issachar, you know, and I'm not saying yeah. we mustn't be sons of God, uh, but like sons of Issachar, <laughs> we need to have the wisdom of the That's time right. and the seasons. That's and right. Church and as leaders, we need those that wisdom right now. Last yeah. word, 30 seconds, Steve. Oh, I thought you just did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was true. Sons of Issachar. I mean, know the times and the seasons. They that's what they knew. Yeah. It says they knew the times and the seasons. And isn't and what that, man ought to do. Yeah, isn't isn't that interesting is the, the sons of Issachar it was it was the collective community of of that huh, tribe. That's true. It wasn't it that's wasn't true. like one individual, it was that tribe that could that's actually true. see into what what was the times and the seasons. Brilliant. Wow. Yeah, good huh. one. All righty. Thanks for being with us in our conversation today. I'm sure Steve and I are going to be chatting some more after this, but right now our recording is running out. So this is where we have to leave you and say, have a great weekend. God bless you. Thanks for being with us again.